So, you know, it wouldn't be an episode of this podcast if we didn't talk about the weather first before we got rolling, right? I don't know. I think we had a pretty good streak without it, but it is uh, <laughs> it is certainly fall in Kentucky, which means we went from 85 to 40. So we just pretty much right over. Just I was right sweating at the parts. beginning of rehearsal tonight teaching, and then I was shivering by the end of it. So good old yeah. Kentucky Midwest weather, but oh, well, fall's here. Hope everyone's been doing all right. As you can see on the screen now or from the video title, we're joined by Lee Bettis today. Uh, we're going to be watching some Cadets 2023. We have an awesome video from <clears throat> excuse me, from Vic Firth. So thank you. Go subscribe to Vic Firth's marching or any Vic Firth related um, YouTube channel. Support them. Uh, video or link is in the video description. So Lee, how you been? I think it's been since January the of summer. this year. It was January or yeah, but we had you on in January, right? Before the summer started. Yep. Yep, yep, just after New Year's. That's right. Things have been well, man. Thanks. Cool. Thanks cool. for yeah, coming. You, you kind of got announced with the new team. Uh, first year back at the Cadets. Obviously, you've spent many years around the organization. But uh, how did the summer kind of lay out? As expected? Better than expected? Like, how'd you feel? Yeah, I, I mean, I had a blast this summer. Um, just an absolute blast. It was. It was exactly like you said. Kind of coming, coming home. It felt home to me. A lot of things that we did with the drum line were just kind of natural and were, you know, kind of everything just fit in like a glove for my first year there. Um, had a, I had a great staff that we all kind of fit into the cadet way of doing things. And I, I just had a complete blast all the way through. I keep on saying that, but that's exactly what it was. It was yeah, a win of, of excitement. I remember talking about it. It's, it. It was a lot of retention of the existing staff plus like an influx of kind of new blood uh, with just some other flavors that they bring to the table, I'll say, uh, yep. for a pretty delicious recipe at the end of the year. Um, you know, a lot of, I feel like, evolution for the ensemble with the tradition as well. Uh, mm -hmm. It really felt like a, like a cadet drumline, but also kind of mixing in that little sprinkles of, of new age and modern drumming. Did you feel like that was kind of the approach you were going for or it just kind of happened organically? Yeah, I, I think, um, I mean, well, first of all, you know, I, I marched at the cadets and uh, it's in my DNA, you know, everything that I write. I'm a, you know, a reflection of, in the, or, yeah, reflection of my environment, if you will, with Tom Monks and Tom Hannum. That's in me. When I write a chart, you know, they're, they're kind of, they're in my head, if you will, as I'm, as I'm writing a chart. But also keeping up with the, the hybrids and all the new stuff. I mean, uh, you know, I judge WGI and I'm in the seat, the hot seat, if you will, every year. And I can hear the great drum lines and all the great vocabulary and new vocab that's, that's out now. Um, really try to stay, stay up on that. So I think, um, you know, with that, that kind of tradition plus uh, innovation, if you will, and trying to keep up with the, uh, you know, the, today's vocab, it was all kind of, that's kind of all, how it all kind of fit in, if, if that makes sense. Yeah, um, definitely. And that's kind of, you know, and then obviously uh, this year I had an approach too where, um, you know, I would write the first draft, I'd send it through to Travis. He would write a couple little things in there, like, hey, why don't we try this, try that. And then he'd throw it over to James and then he would do some stuff and then Jake would do some stuff. So we had a little collaboration going on where it kind of ended up being, you know, this collaboration of the four of us, if you will. Um, well, you can definitely tell 
it was uh, how do I want to say this? It's it definitely had the right mix of cadets style of momentum, and you can tell other people from this generation or the one one before it also had their fingerprints on it too. Really, right. you, you had some backsticking stuff, some add-ins, some more funky Ooh. rhythmic stuff going on in there, syncopation, along with that momentum and aggression that we know and love about the cadets traditionally. And I think so. it's really cool to hear that you guys, that really it was a team effort to put that package together. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I, I, I guess I start with the vision of how what we want to do, and then the guys just pick up on that and, yeah, you know, it's it's like anything. It evolves, right? Like, right, hey, right. I have like the beginning of the show was I had this idea. You know, why don't we try and add on? I, we can talk through it as we get through the video. But it's like, here's kind of what I was thinking, and here's how kind of what it evolved to, and then you know what I mean. So it was yeah. it was really again, it was a blast. I had an absolute blast. I, that's I mean, you one. Can... Uh, go ahead, Go ahead, Evan. Mike. No, oh, I was gonna say that's one phrase that I I love to use the word evolve. Um, and I think I also heard that from uh, Tim Fairbanks. He's like, I don't like to call them changes. I don't want to tell the students or the members, like, oh, we're changing this, we're changing this. Um, we're just evolving things. Things are going to evolve over the, like, you mm -hmm. put it out there, you see it, and you're like, all right, we're going to make this better. Uh, not necessarily change it, saying that it's wrong, but we can evolve it into something that's from this into this higher uh, level of just idea. So Before yep. we keep going... Because I forgot and we were just excited to get rolling with this. Welcome everyone to the Aged Out Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Mike Fantini. And with me as oh always God. is... Evan Worrell. Uh, make sure you yeah, comment, yeah. like, subscribe on the video. You know, Share the video with, you think, with anyone you think would appreciate it. Go to Facebook, Instagram, or TikTok. Never miss an update on anything. Uh, Patreon.com or hit join right here on YouTube if you want to support us financially. You know, um, I'll putting out judges tapes. We've got some practice videos in the works. We're doing... We're sitting down with anyone and everyone we possibly can. So... The viewership is appreciated, but if you want to support us uh, more than that, we appreciate that as well. Um, all right. I realized <laughs> I forgot that like a minute ago. Practice, do do okay. what? We're out of practice. Yeah, right? Um, so. I should so, have done the intro for you guys. <laughs> <laughs> here, we'll, when we're done here, we'll get you to record an intro, and I'll have like a 30-second bit that I can use at the beginning of every episode and just insert it, and we'll have Lee – just do the intro every time from here on it's out. It's like that. It's like the ad you see like before the ESPN videos, with like Kirk Herb Street or something like that, mm -hmm. or at the end. It's like sponsored by oh, man. Lee Bettis. That's funny. Oh uh, my gosh! But well, I mean, send us some send us some maple leaf jerseys. <laughs> there you go. Uh, all right. Well, do you all want to jump into this video? Yeah, I'm sure as we go, I'll start to mm -hmm. like call out other things, just like from the season and the summer, and we can vibe off of that. All right, let me switch a screen here. All right, you guys, go, can you guys can both see the video? Yep. All right. Again, subscribe to Vic first. Brian video link Stockard in the description. Team. Shout out. Atlas is caught between two... Oh, and this will be cool because it's like an on-field, multicam, full run with the whole core on finals day, so it's super cool video. Different tellings of his story. And the first, he leads a rebellion against Olympus and is then sentenced to hold the heavens on his shoulders yeah. for eternity. In the second story, great setup he is chosen the, to be the guardian. really kind of felt like you had a movie and you know, yeah. no prologue at the beginning. You know? Give you that, that sense. In a galaxy far, far away. Right. And then really, 
I, I love this because I started off with a solo, like what would Atlas, you start off as a solo, a, a strong soloist and then add on, get, keep on getting stronger and stronger. That was the idea, you know, get faster and stronger, yeah. Start open with fivelets and do the ninelets and do the really strong triple rolls and then, and then trade it off to the, the tenors, you know, that was basically the idea there. Yeah. I love hearing those little design thoughts, thoughts behind the whole process from the arranger about how you're talking about the Atlas theme and it all builds and gets stronger and stronger. Like I would have never put two and two together just watching that, but it makes perfect sense. Yeah. That was my motivation. Like I want, I did want to start with one soloist though, to show like I am Atlas, you know, or or the soloist is Atlas to start off with, you know, that was the idea. And, uh, and we had this idea with the, the sphere that you see there of him coming out to start the show kind of thing, you know, mm-hmm. like set the stage. So, yeah. All right. We'll let that, that add on play again and let it flow into the quads right after this time. That one rhythm at the end too. It's fast. It's close. Tiny space. Well, that was my motif. Yep. Lee, I just picture you playing that back stick. (laughs) Just smooth. Smooth. Final build with the bass drum layering. Now this... The sound effect is so cool. Yeah, so this part... You want to stop it here for a second. So yep. I, I wrote that as a tribute to Tom Float, actually, as a little Excel D-cell thing, because in the 80s, that was the first thing I heard Tom write was the kind of Excel singles that he did in like the early 80s. So when I was actually writing this is when he passed away, and I kind of did a little, nobody really ever knew that, but that was my little tribute to him to kind of throw in the show there. And then actually, um, uh, Monty added our, our pit arranger added the whole sound effects in behind and make it sound like this whole pitch bend idea to bring in the brass. And it just was, it ended up being even better. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? so. It's very effective. I love that. Shout out to one of the goats. Um, Absolutely. The late yeah. Tom float. Just mm-hmm. iconic. Yep. All right. Let's get that phrase one more time. Also just hard to do to, Vocabulary into the hand-to-hands after it too. All filled right into the into the face press. That's where the velocity comes in. Huh? Yep. Open up the space for you. Kind of makes you open it up there a little bit. Yeah, I use that quite a bit throughout the show. More more for that, just a little something you can hang on to. Just you know, catch it every time and it pops back out, yeah. yeah. I, 
I still kind of appreciate circle. Yeah, I still appreciate immensely that cadet even in this new age of drum corps that we live in now, the cadets still have their run and gun moments from a visual yeah. standpoint. A lot of corps have now everybody's marching, everybody's playing, but like I feel like the drill has kind of lost some of that sustained velocity to it that that was a staple in like 05, 03, late 90s, like that whole era of the activity. And it's kind of like taking the foot off the gas pedal in a lot of places, but the cadets have still, and a few other cores as well too, but really it stands out with the cadets drill every year, just seeing the battery just still have moments of hauling around the field. It's just so intense. It's so cool. East Coast. Well, one of the things too is, uh, as you see in the new modern era of drum corps, if you will, everybody's bringing the drum line up to the front, doing their mm-hmm. feature, and then they come back at the back and they do some things in, in behind. You have to. Here, here is, I, I wanted to be cognizant of the fact that I wanted to bring up the drum line and do our moments, but I also wanted to keep on in the DNA while we are hauling in behind. Mm-hmm. Uh, I still wanted to be playing a lot. I wanted to be playing um, right. just, just in, even if there was a judge out there, I just wanted to keep that energy going and, you know, um, keep that vocab, uh, if you will, all the way through the show. If that makes sense. No, Absolutely. it definitely does. I think yeah. that too, that mindset feeds into the velocity and the momentum of the brass too. Like even, you know, the drums are back there. Maybe they're not accessible by the judge, but that vibe and that kind of oh, yeah. intensity translates all the way to the box. Um, well, Jay Bocook's brass arrangements are, um, and sometimes he handcuffs me because he's doing all these mellophone runs or he's doing baritone things. Like it's very rhythmic throughout there. Mm-hmm. But honestly, it gives me the direction and drive that I can just feed off of that and add to it. And not, you know, I guess the the skill is not getting in the way of that, but actually making that clear, as well as adding your own layer and keeping it keeping it going. If that makes sense, so. Right. Right. Yeah. I mean, just because, like, obviously, if he's writing like duple patterns in the in the brass sixteenth sure. eighth notes, like, can't overlay just a ton of triplets yeah. on it, or just it's not going to work. <laughs> but. Well, yeah, no, and honestly, I take his lead on everything. Like, it's a it's a blank piece of paper, but then he gives me his stuff and we're talking through coordinating through a piece i'll come back to him and say hey why don't we try this or he'll do the same thing with me right so it's a we're kind of going back and forth just to make sure it's going to be a, a very clear product and nice yeah absolutely very cool let's get in that's funny i haven't seen this video this <laughs> pretty good <laughs> getting a true first reaction <laughs> yeah Nice job here. Virtuosity in front. Good, nice nice hand speed changes on the boards. Yeah, a lot of good permutations there and good quality of sound all the way up to the upper end of the board there. This is a brass moment of which we added in, uh, you know, tambourines and some orchestral moments here for the front ensemble. Concert snare. We traded. We had three conscious snares. We traded off on through there. Again, trying to give us a little more variety as you're watching us. Now that I remember this too, the battery comes in to the far right side too, while the brass was still playing. But from an ensemble standpoint, it was incredibly hard to put together. Yep. 
low isolated right hand doubles are tough. The whole battery was exceptional, but there was for sure. Yeah. Be responsible for all this. I love those pick tips. Here's the moment. Just the added difficulty of like that ripple in the body too. Just so tough. You didn't write that many uh you didn't write a touch moment like that for us in any of our books. <laughs> With the finesse. Well, I tried our to tick, our pick tip moment was like, let's see how fast, fast we can play. We can play, play with, with these, these pick tip sticks. <laughs> well, you know the funny thing about that part in 09, I think you're referring to. That, it is. That was supposed to be slower. <laughs> we ended up doing like 12 clicks faster and so it ended up being what what it was but um yeah i guess th that part of the show is really to kind of i wanted to explore mezzo forte and below and then not necessarily losing the speed of hand speed through there i wanted to maintain that but also really explore the low end um of the dynamics there and you can see that and the piccolo Tips obviously really work for that section too. And you can see near the end, it was kind of using some rim, doing some different things there, stick click things, and and just end with that snare roll. Was the yeah, idea. variety that, that was, of timbre. Yeah. Yeah. That, just, that was the idea there. And really be clear through it. Very, very clear. Um, just, I can tell you the beginning of that feature took forever to clean. It was so difficult because it was all in duple. So mm. I think I got 184, I think it was. And it's, and that was all some pretty hard flam stuff and some, some like, you know, like all these little fast little things in there that took forever to clean. So it's yeah, kind of interesting are... when you watch them here at the end now playing through this, it looks like it's nothing. Effortless. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but there's so much nuance to it, though, that, that the casual viewer is not going to pick up at all and all the work yeah. that went into it. Yeah. 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 <laughs> those uh, those plotted drags are, are challenging the dichotomy oh, yeah. and the oh, yeah. pressure in each hand. There's many times we were going to like, ah, do we water that? What do we do with that? They're <laughs> <laughs> stretching time through here. Mm. All the different rubatos in there. Open octaves, the, the marambas through here. And the counter line he has that Monty has going on with the vibes too throughout this. Without getting in the way of the brass. I mean, you know, that was that was the big thing here is we wanted to make sure we were secondary support and not just a random, you know? Right, right. Makes sense. Which is tough to do, you know, I can tell you too, it's tough to do now in this age where the percussion judge, you know, is right in the front watching the pit for 70% of the show. Mm -hmm. you, you gotta, you know, there's some, when you when you do decide to just do some, you know, cymbal crashes, you know, it, it kind of adds to, you know, um, variety and, you know, you always question like, is this enough? Or you're always constantly, you know, asking yourself trying to that find that just... trying to find that balance 
Are they going to yeah. appreciate the nuance here? Intentional tacit at times, or exactly. Like, right. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, I think it's be to be brave to be intentionally a tacit. This yeah. is the idea. All right. Now we get into the electronic era. Did Travis have a hand in this phrase? Uh, actually, I wrote this whole phrase out. Most of this, actually, most of this is mine. Throughout okay. The, the very beginning, he did a couple little touch things where he's doing backsticking. A little. That's that's why I asked down. the question too. I'll I'll back up yeah. to the beginning of the phrase. I saw the backsticking stuff and kind of like yeah. the the 16th note feel. I was like, did Travis have a hand in this? Yeah, he did at the very beginning of it. Right. Um, yeah, right. we didn't play too many back six. I remember uh, in '09, yeah. Brian Byer, we had that five-lit thing at the beginning of the show, and he came up with us, and you looked at us all, and you were like, we were also like running our balls off. So yeah, it's like we were like dropping sticks. There's like a stick graveyard on the field. We're like, yeah, it's like our drill is too hard to be doing all these tricky things. If you think it will be easy, you will be disappointed. Yeah, that little hi mom. I I didn't know what a hi mom was before this year. <laughs> Amazing. I didn't, I didn't know what it was called. Like I didn't know that. Oh, that's a hi mom. Oh, that's cool, man. All right. <laughs> well, you're never done learning. No. And the day crescendo. To yeah. The end I, yes. I talked over the part of that bass phrase. We're going back a little more. <laughs> it's too good to eat here. A refreshing end of the phrase. Very good day crescendo. Yeah, I, I wanted to do something a little bit different with the bass feature there as opposed to just wham, and I wanted to actually make it a little bit more musical, if you will. Phrasing. Oh, nice feel change. Trading time all over the place. Oh, yeah. Just. Just Dude, look at James and James's face. Dude, hold on. Go back. Go back. So, at the end of that phrase, James turns around, looks at the box, goes, at the box, goes, Ooh, and then starts clapping. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to move so everybody can see this. I'm going to move Lee's head up to the corner here in the, the screen so we can see James here, front and center. I didn't notice that. <laughs> all right, all right, here we go. Dude, that was an awesome reaction. He's like, that was good. Also, the smorgasbord of rudimental vocabulary in this snare phrase is just pleasing to the soul. Just, just to say that too. And it gives was a hell the, of a rep. Gives this thank face. Oh. All right, here we go. Golf <laughs> 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 clap. Amazing. <laughs> oh, they just played their butts off, man. Right. <laughs> Oof. In all the little brass hit pockets. 
Check That's some that's some drum corps right there. Yeah, that was a lot of fun because you know at, at the beginning of that I was like, hey James, you take the tenor feature. You you write the tenor feature. Travis, you take the snare feature. What do you got here? I'm kind of thinking this. I'm kind of thinking this. And they came back with those things and we meddled around with it, and that's kind of what it ended up being. So <laughs> that's again a great example of the collaboration there. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah, it flows pretty seamlessly through. Like, there have been instances of books before where, like, there's multiple prolific arrangers involved in an ensemble, and, like, right. you can kind of tell when someone wrote takes what? over. Um, one that sticks out to me for sure is uh, when uh, Brent Montgomery and Tom Ox were both the Blue Stars. Like, <laughs> 2009, I, like, I think a it Tom was. Hawks moment. <laughs> yeah. You, sometimes you can kind of just tell when the shift happens, but this one, they, they all seem to happen pretty seamlessly. Yep. Yeah. Well, that was again, you know, and you, you make a great point when you do collaborate, you got to make sure it's all sounding like the same writer throughout the whole thing. It's had the mm -hmm. same characteristics. Right. I, I wanted to make sure that it, it did do that. And it, and it actually just, um, it did on its, on its own kind of naturally, you know. I mean, that happens, I think, throughout when you like have those nuggets from one person to the other like what do you think about this and like they maybe yeah. put their flavor of like sticking on something you wrote it's like oh that's a i like that rhythm but we could also do it this way or and it just kind of over time just molds into this cohesive thing so yeah i think you know a lot of people have asked me that like you know they're impressed on how i've asked or i, I let other people write the book or what have you because i used to be just it used to be my way and write it this way and do it this way and I'm thinking like, well, I have I have guys around who have been doing this for a long time. James and Travis and Jake, these guys have been doing this for 15 years or or long. You know, like they've been doing indoor. They write indoor. They do. You know, it's like, why would I not include them in the process and in, in doing this? You know, um, sure. Yeah. So I think it's just gonna it, we you're better overall than just me doing. It, you know, so. And you can feed and inspire each other. Like somebody might think they have a better idea for one part, one phrase, but even if their idea is not right, it might give the original person that did that phrase a different idea. And then maybe right. they meet in the middle somewhere and it just kind of feeds itself and grows. Yeah. And I think like you and a lot of the other Rangers today are more in tune, I'll say, with like, I I like it this way. It makes sense to me this way, but like kind of with the innovation and the way kids play now, like this is what's going to pr project or translate the best. Like this feels good in their hands or like this is what they can do. Like sure. I learned how to drum like me. I learned how to drum a certain way, but like the kids that I teach drum a little bit different and they learn different things or they're introduced different things. So it's like, well, let's try it this way as long as it fits within the structure. So I think mm -hmm. that today's arrangers are really, really in tune with like that kind of pedagogy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's too much to bear alone. Is this part added? All this drum set stuff? Oh yeah. Yeah, we wanted to it was basically a um it was a pit and uh color guard moment. And so we had to portray what we were doing uh from an emotion standpoint and a build up into this, you know, moment of the show where Atlas is um, you know, becoming one of the color guard now, kind of, kind of idea. So he was a monster drum set. And I just talked through that, and I, I appreciate. We'll, we'll, go, back, we'll go back. I'll, I'll back up here. <laughs> he 
yeah, we we had to put that in mid-season kind of, it's, you know, as you go through a, a summer, we had to change some visual, had to change a bunch of drill and then kind of made up with this. And, you know, it ended up being a nice moment for the front ensemble. For sure. It definitely helps offset like that intentional pass that I won't talk about. Uh, yeah. Guitar and drum set. Yeah. Yeah. It definitely helps get the point across when you can like ram and do hard things, but then obviously intentionally be open and controlled and Yep. Again, showing off a bunch of different techniques here. Ensemble coming in cold through with the brass. It really just the position of space yeah. with like bursts of speed. Yep. Again, didn't want to do something lyrical here and there. This is supposed to sound kind of angst, you know. Here's my motif again that I did actually in part one. Same kind of part, open up. James with a grin on his face again, walking away. <laughs> well, at least we know he had a good time this summer. <laughs> Moving and playing drum corps. Yeah. It's almost like angelic. They haven't stopped moving and playing, you're right, for the last minute. I like those singles in there at the end, in the last measure or two. Someone once described to me... There you me, go. Uh... James with a grin on his face. <laughs> perfect, perfect, perfect freeze frame. 
<laughs> and he's jumping up and down. All right. We Someone won't... once described to me like uh, cadets closers as being like the the final round of a boxing match. Like the bell goes off and you just come out of your corner like, all right, we have to throw some haymakers. Like here we go. Um, and I always thought that that was just like a pretty apt analogy. Um, there's some pretty famous closers in cadets history, and I think this one lived up to the to that tradition. Yeah, well, what the difficult part here was just getting them to do it all. You know, there's so much energy that creates, or you have to create while you're doing that, uh, and so many reps, and, you know, just the endurance of doing that, and playing so many notes at the same time, and playing together, and doing the right heights, and running, and, and looking at your spacing, and there's a lot of hard stuff right in there, but it took us all year to really get that, the endurance to do that at the end, you know? So, so that was my, the first question I was going to ask now that we finished the show here of, well, first I'll start by saying, I don't know if Evan said this at the beginning, I don't remember, but I think he would back me up on this statement. We felt like you all had one of the better for sure, one of the better batteries for sure of the whole summer. And obviously your front in this video also displayed a bunch of different skill sets, a bunch of a wide range of abilities and dynamic range and all that stuff. And um, was this a summer that you all went into I don't, knowing you were going to be really good by the end? Or was it one where you said, we might get there? Did they surprise you as a group? Like, what did you expect going in, I guess, based on how it finished? Exceed expectations? Because, I mean, I only ask this because everybody goes in. Everybody's been in the game for a long time. You have a gauge of your talent. You have a gauge of your experience. You know what the core is looking like going into the summer, too. And, and everybody knows and everybody thinks about those kind of things when they go into a season. So, I mean, was it was it just good from the end of spring training? Did it take the whole season to really get it from point A to point B? Because you obviously ended in a super high su successful place at the end mm -hmm. of the season. So. I think it's probably fair to say that um, the, the first camp, uh, I want to say the January camp, or maybe it was the maybe it was the December camp. Um, we got through the opener, what you saw, the, like the add-on and all that. Um, we started playing through that, and um, we got to the gym uh, to play it for the first time with the, with the core, with the brass. And all of a sudden, it was like, wow, I think, I think we could actually be pretty good here. <laughs> you know, like okay. it, was, it was the first time we kind of looked at each other and went, well, this could be interesting. You know? Right, right. Um, this... This is, you know, I think we got something here. And um, honestly, never really talked about competition or never really talked about um, other years of the cadets or anything. It was more or less what we're doing at this time, what we need to do to get better for tomorrow. You know, it was really, right. really kind of putting that, I know people say it, but putting the hard hat on and going, okay, what do we need to do to get to, you know, better for tomorrow and everything was like from the first two or three camps and then we took a break between january and april and really kept the momentum going um through that and then april camps you know had a couple little setbacks where we didn't know this or or maybe the pit didn't have that or a couple things from a musical standpoint but then when we got the move-ins you know we start getting the drill and we start learning through that the momentum starts to get more and more that you can't stop. I think right. I would have to say the battery came out certainly strong. 
um, at the beginning of the summer and only got better and stronger. The pit really went from being like a 70% to a 95% by the end of the summer. Like they okay. really they went up over and above the trajectory um, nice. of what the battery did over the summer. So, you know, I think, um, I think we've learned a lot from that this past year. And hopefully we're going to correct some of those things as we get into 24 um, just to keep that trajectory going for the entire percussion, not just one section or the other, um, just to make sure we're all kind of getting on that same page. But I'm very happy where it ended up. I, you know, the whole, the whole idea, I think every year any of us try to do this, is my philosophy is I want to be in the mix. I, mm -hmm. I want to be in the conversation, if you will. I, have these, I just want to be in the conversation. Like, I don't want to right. be like, oh, no, no, they're not worthy. No, no, no. I just want to be in the conversation. Right, and right. then I can never, I can't, I can't control what everybody else is doing and what the judges are going to think of everybody else and, you know, whatever. I can just control to a degree what we're doing and how we can do things. You know, does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Does. I mean, I think, uh, like, obviously, from a competitive standpoint, the accolades of success are, are great. Everybody loves that. There's no denying that. I think we're all competitive people. Part of what drives us, for sure. Um, so, like, you know, seeing cadets as a core uh, being top five, um, even you guys as a percussion ensemble, after semifinals, you guys were tied for fourth with blue coats on the two-night average. Uh, right. So 100% in the mix. I mean, I probably have the averages of, like, what it is, actually. But, uh, you know, cadets, semifinals. So, like, you're talking a .5 spread from like first to fourth so i mean in the mix for sure but i think to me what stood out was this was a great cadets drum corps mm -hmm. um and it felt like a very traditional i mean i know we saw the video um and we reacted to that mid-season of you guys doing the parade in uniform and like playing that standstill yeah that was so and cool. i was just like it was like so nostalgic that was and i was so just like awesome. oh my god this was safe <laughs> Um, so yeah. it just had that, that feeling and that vibe mixed in with uh, a modern application to it. So it was just a great drum corps show. It was a fun group to watch. Um, obviously I have people there that I'm friends with, but I feel like I, at this point I could probably say that about any drum corps. So <laughs> it was just, it was just fun. It was a good, it was a good summer. It was a good show. Yeah. Oh, I appreciate that, man. I mean, the, the kids, the, they're not kids. The, these members were working their butts off all summer. And going out every day. Not once did we have any issues, really. It was, it was okay. What are we doing? You know. <laughs> yeah. So it's amazing. The summer is long, and it's it, it's overlooked a lot. I feel like how important that is to have a group of people that are all on the same page, where you don't have any like vibe issues within the membership or like attitude issues. And everyone's kind of just like you said, showing up every day. Like, all right, what are we doing? Like, we're all tired. We all know it's hot. Maybe paid to work. What this person on? or that person had a bad day yesterday playing wise or three days ago, but like every day is a new day and it's like nobody's dragging each other down or getting mad at each other because you somebody had a bad day yesterday. So they're it's just it, it's super important when you have that kind of uh of a cohesiveness within within your group. It re really helps take it to the next level basically and be in the mix consistently. Absolutely. I never had any bad playing days. Yeah. That's bullshit. Yeah. I guarantee you had a bad right. playing day. The summer's too long. You marched too many seasons. You had a bad day or yeah. two. 
when we changed heads, it was always bad. Um, <laughs> uh, Blame it on the heads. Okay. Right. <laughs> My st- I had a bad pair of sticks for those Head two chains. days. What let's can I say? Out, let's chop out some tap fives. Here we go. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, that's actually a core memory. I, I remember exactly where I was when we did that. We were in Salem, Virginia. But anyway. Um, <laughs> Left an impression. Uh, kind of rolling out the red carpet here. Successful summer. You hinted on a little bit to keep the momentum going. 2024. Um, have you guys already started, I'm sure, meeting, designing, getting that implemented, gearing up for camp season? Yeah, so we started designing, um, I want to say, a month and a half ago now, I guess. So what's the show yeah, title? I'm just kidding. <laughs> we're still working through that. Um, so, you know, we, we're, uh, we're getting through that process. In fact, I put the, I put the Yamaha order in actually today uh, with the drum colors and everything. So you got to put them in October the 10th. It's crazy. <laughs> they need um, time. They got to make a lot of drums. That's right. Um, yeah, so we did that. Um, you guys going to get new carriers next year? Yeah, we're supposed to be supposed to get all new carriers. <laughs> we'll see about that, you know. Was that that was true, wasn't it, that you all uh, used the carriers from last summer? They were actually three years old, these carriers. What? Yeah. How did they, they still work after the two tours? Sounds well, like rough. We had some, we had a lot of spare parts. Could have done. <laughs> Man. Um, but yeah, so we, we began that process. It, to me, it's always about, okay, design and then staff. You know, I, I made a couple little minor tweaks to the, the staff. Um, Andrew Montero is going to be um, both the arranger and the caption head of the front ensemble now. Um, I moved Travis into a supervisor role with James as the assistant supervisor for the entire percussion. Um, and then, uh, you know, we're filling up the summer right now, just trying to figure out, you know, um, I think we talked about this way back in January is continuity is so important to make sure that we have the right message throughout, you know, when you're trading off a staff nowadays, gone are the days where you can have one snare tech for 12 weeks. It's right. right. You got to have three snare techs and they got to be all talking the same language when you're kind of coming in and tag teaming. Mm-hmm. Um, same thing with the tenors, basses, front ensemble, all that. Um, even the audio section, um, you know, we kind of um, restructured that as well to make sure that we're all on the same page more from a communication standpoint because audio is becoming so important um, mm-hmm. yep. with, you know, and they're with the front ensemble all day, every day. Uh, we got to make sure that they're more cohesive with what we're doing. And, and so once, when we get to ensemble and we get to a show, everybody's more on the same page there. So just making some minor tweaks through there and just trying to make everything better. I mean, that's kind of what we try to do. You're trying to make this, you know, thing better. Um, then from a member standpoint, you know, um, we're actively recruiting right now. So, uh, you know, anybody who's watching this and you want to have an opportunity or you'd like to have an opportunity to try it for the cadets this year, please go to our website, um, log on. We're doing camps in November and December. Live camps is what we're preferring. If you need to do a video, we'll do that. But we prefer to get you in live so we can actually see and and uh, you know get an understanding of what it is feels like to be in the cadets. Um, what was the age out situation looking like after the sun? Did you lose a lot of people from the battery slash front, or just what uh, would it look like? No, no, I think we have uh, I think we have five snares who could return. Uh, so four holes there. Um, we have um, two tenors returning, so three holes there. And only one bass drummer um, aged out, so four there. And the front ensemble a little bit different. I think we have, I think there was about five or six age outs there. 
Um, so yeah, I mean, yeah, not too bad considering, um, yeah. you know, so seems like an know, average amount of turnover year over year. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, this past year we had one snare vet, right? Yeah. I mean, that was in that snare line was one snare vet. We had three tenor vets and one, no, two bass drum vets in the, in the battery there. Wow. So, I mean, everybody kind of, like I said, everything kind of, everybody kind of locked in and did their job, you know, <laughs> Yep. It was kind of nice that way. And so we're kind of looking to do the same thing this past year, get the right kids in there or members, get them, get them right in there and, and uh, see where we can take this thing. And then yeah. Yeah. You know, the last thing is the schedule is, you know, trying to figure out and iron out the schedule and, and then putting it together for your, your camps and then your between camps and then, you know, spring training. And, you know, I, I'm, lo- I'm looking that far ahead right now of, mm-hmm. How to keep to navigate WGI season, right? Yeah, navigate through that, and then well, first navigate through auditions, and then navigate through the the show and the program to make sure we're we're um, keeping up with you know the chops and what we need to do in our hands as we get to spring training. So yeah, you know it's a whole process. I've been doing it for a long time. <laughs> it's funny the, the summer is only three months, but it really is a year round activity. At oh, least yeah. now it's easier to collaborate with like technology and Google mm-hmm. drives and like files. Absolutely. And... <laughs> yeah. I, don't I, have to, like... I think back before the pandemic, none of us really use technology like we do now. I mean, it's like, yeah. I mean, I, I can't imagine now going through a winter season without it, to be honest with you. You know, it's so incorporated in, into what we do. Um, and it's so yeah, important. I, the design process, like, before yeah. all this must have just been wild like hey i have this song that i think is interesting it's like oh what's it sound like all right let me hold my cassette up to the phone and let you listen to it like <laughs> there's something like I, I i just i mean hold my cassette or let's let's all just we're to gonna have phone. to all get in the same room and like <laughs> listen to this or something. yeah this what did we do wild. before the internet everybody <laughs> how did people survive without it oh my gosh <laughs> <laughs> We spend our time not looking at screens all day long. <laughs> right, that's true. That's true. That's very true. Probably valid. All right, I, well, I don't. Want, I don't want to go down yeah, the rabbit. That's a whole different <laughs> rabbit hole and tirade right there. We'll. Uh, uh, but man, it's always a pleasure hanging out. I think. I think Evan and I want to make this a staple after the drum corps seasons and honestly the indoor season too. With those arrangers and designers, like sit down with them, watch their show, talk about motivations for this inspirations for that like oh here's a funny story that happened easter eggs from this little thing in rehearsal one day in the middle of july in arkansas or whatever um like it just we it's so cool to hear those stories because we know they were there and exist because we marched and you know the whole idea for this project this endeavor we're in with this channel and and show is just let everybody see behind the curtain a little bit and it's i think it's good to let everybody just see it all good to humanize this all a little bit yeah it definitely 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 humanizes the whole thing which is cool well i i want to thank you guys for actually you know putting the time in to ask me first of all inviting me through and then to, to actually talk about all the great things that went on and have a platform to do that it's awesome so i i really do appreciate it thank you very much no yeah, thank you appreciate it and obviously yep. to just like give love and all the respect back to the staffs the designers and ultimately too at the at the top of the pyramid the members who are just you know still busting their ass and it's still yep. drum corps so yep yep the labor of love <laughs> that it is so all right everybody comment like subscribe share the video 
If you're on podcast services, go over to YouTube and do all that. Hit the join button. Go to patreon.com slash podcast to support us financially. Uh, we're on TikTok now. And be on the lookout for announcements about like uh, shirts and stickers and some playing videos, things, practice videos we're working on for the channel for the future and the judges tapes we keep putting out. So we will, Lee, thanks again, and we'll see everybody in the next one. Peace.